Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Or at abcwi.org. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, let's crank up those rainfall reports for me this morning. Whatever you've got, go ahead and call me, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. You can also send me a message via Facebook, Fabulous Farm Babe will take care of that. I'm very curious to hear what the totals look like for our folks that are right along that uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Uh, looked like it was pretty heavy in your neck of the woods by mid-morning yesterday. And I know in my backyard, uh, we picked up probably at least a half an inch, closer to three-quarters of an inch when I glanced at it this morning. We'll be getting more rainfall tallies and your information as well as the morning unfolds. Today, it looks like we do have another chance for thunderstorms, probably starting about late morning into the afternoon hours. 78 are expected high today. Tomorrow, sunshine should start drying out. 78 are expected high. For Friday, few clouds but still dry. 75 are expected high. Saturday, I'm surprised to see we drop back to 66, but then Sunday, back up to 70 degrees. Stumach. We'll have our weather details in just a moment. By the way, I'm PM Yankee. Glad to be along with you until 6 o'clock. So if you've got it, you can use it. That's the ruling from the Environmental Protection Agency on dicamba herbicides for our Wisconsin farmers, farmers across the United States. A couple details on that coming up. We are also talking with Wisconsin Senator Howard Markline with all the COVID-19 fixation We might have lost track of what's going on with the Dairy Innovation Hub. That's something the dairy industry called for, and now, in light of COVID-19, we could really use. I'll get an update from Senator Markline on that before we hit six. And we're chatting with our cattlemen this morning about what's happening with your checkoff dollars on the international scene. Full show ahead. Stand by. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Groups all over Wisconsin, agriculture and non-agriculture, are working together, working hard to raise money to get food to the needy. Bob Osol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and traditional and non-traditional organizations are getting involved in the HELP program to do whatever they can. And uh, we know, Pam, that uh, one of the organizations that's very much involved in this has been the the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And you're right, it was uh, Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, along with their partners, Rural Mutual Insurance, that came up with the idea of joining forces and asking those consumers that are being have been impacted by COVID-19 and are watching the story of Wisconsin agriculture struggle trying to come together and ask them for donations, uh, finding partner organizations that would contribute. It's turned out to be a joint fundraiser, Rural Mutual Insurance working with Feeding Wisconsin and Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation working with Harvest of Hope to raise funds that 
in the case of Harvest of Hope, can go to farm families that need them in the form of grants. And Feeding Wisconsin, obviously, helping to keep the food bank shelves restocked. Joe Bragger is president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation right there in Independence, Wisconsin. And he is uh, paying attention to how consumers are responding, how people are responding in giving back. And very happy to report that they have hit their financial goals. Officially, we've lost over uh, 43,000 uh, in the last count. I'm going to tell you that true to the organization, true to our farmers, this, this was a discussion that was starting out in our counties. Our rural agents uh, were out asking how they can help, you know, and when food pantries were running short of milk and, and dairy products that and we're talking about disposing products, there was this desire to make a difference. And uh, I'm truly touched. Think of the generosity. Think of the farmers out there who are already struggling. Yet what are they doing? They're worrying about their neighbors. They're worrying about uh, their local communities. And so this is absolutely a tremendous partnership, and I couldn't be more excited. And the other interesting part is it really caught momentum. I see that corporate partners like Rural Mutual, got other corporate partners involved to help the numbers grow even quicker. I, I, I was absolutely excited. There, there was a large donation that, that came our way, and, and that completely goes to the credit of uh, Rural Mutual reaching out. Uh, they're doing a tremendous job. Their commitment to, to the communities is outstanding, and uh, they're, they just, they're, they're doing a, a great job. And so think of the, the, the partnership and, and think of who we're reaching out to. You know, when we're talking of uh, feeding Wisconsin, uh, rural is kind of focusing on that area, and the Farm Bureau partnership is working on the uh, Harvest of Hope to directly support some, some smaller grants to farmers who are in desperate need right now. We're just really covering all, all parts of our society, and uh, how wonderful at a time like this. Absolutely, and again, we want to remind you that the fund is still accepting your donations. You can go to WFBF.com and look for Wisconsin Food and Farm Support Fund or Rural Mutual Insurance. They've also got a link on their website. Joe, let's switch gears a little bit. That's some of the good news that we've seen from COVID-19. But your point, the economic challenges for Wisconsin agriculture continue. Now we're getting more details on how the coalition of agriculture groups, commodity groups, farm organizations from across the state worked cooperatively with the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture on that $50 million of state-directed federal aid that's going to Wisconsin farms. Uh, you're feeling a little bit better that we're closer to starting distribution on that. I, I'm feeling very good about that. Uh, from the onset of, of the crisis, the Department of Ag has been uh, hosting uh, weekly stakeholder calls. And uh, when we became aware of the $1.9 billion coming to Wisconsin, um, you know, the, the ag groups got together and they really put a priority on making sure that relief got directly into farmers' hands. Um, we committed to work with the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection to give them the economic impact of the losses, the staggering losses that agriculture has faced in Wisconsin. 
they asked for those numbers. We provided them, and they're coming back uh, with with some support. Uh, so this is very exciting. Uh, as long as we're on it, we, we better make sure that everyone knows that there's going to be a short turnaround. Uh, and so to be prepared and stay tuned. But I think the way agriculture in Wisconsin came together has been outstanding. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll hear from them, but... $50 million when you spread it across all Wisconsin farms, Joe. Uh, not necessarily a, a real lifesaver, but it can pay an electric bill. It can help out with uh, the feed bill, that type of thing. And we want to remind consumers, we're not out of the woods yet. Just because you're starting to see more things back on grocery store shelves, the pain is still continuing for our Wisconsin farmers. The the. The COVID crisis could not have come in the worst for agriculture. Um, we, we had been coming out of, uh, it looked like at the end of the year, we were just cresting that last wave of the storm, uh, and that there were going to be some brighter days ahead after four or five years of, of tough economic times. Uh, to be hit with that COVID, with the COVID crisis, uh, right as we were starting the recovery, uh, putting us down the 35% lower prices, Worst time of years when when a farmer has the biggest need for dollars to get crops in the ground, to get those things done, this won't make anybody whole. But it might pay that critical light bill. It might help you get through this time. Um, you know, just like I, I guess we talked just earlier about the, the food pantries. Some of our own farmers are being pushed to go to food pantries because times are so dire. Um, we need uh, we need this out there, and it's going to be very welcomed. Joe Breggers along with us, president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. He is at his home farm up in uh, the Independence area. Tell, tell me a little bit, buddy, how is, how is uh, farming going hand-in-hand hand with being president of the state's largest farm organization? <laughs> this is kind of your, your, your first foray into trying to juggle both an aggressive spring planting, making hay and doing all the rest, huh? I, I, I Full speed ahead. What can I say? Uh, the weather has definitely cooperated this year. You know, we've had a few storms blow through, but uh, not any severe damage. But uh, one thing I am sure very thankful is after the last few years of terrible springs uh, that we've had a great spring. Um, certainly, you know, for precautions, we're all working from home. So that has allowed me to be back on the farm here to be a little more engaged, kind of hop on and off the tractor, take calls, do those things, uh, serve our members in Farm Bureau. But what I'm so happy about is that uh, I'm, I'm not stepping away from the farm so that I can be fully grounded. And, and when I talk about a situation, I know that situation because I'm fully engaged in it. And so I'm very happy with, with that situation and my ability to be out here on the farm and serve the members of Wisconsin Farm Bureau. You know, Joe, you always got a smile on your face whenever I see you. In these very, very dire times, and make no bones about it, folks, just because he's, he's smiling doesn't mean that things are good. How do you keep your attitude positive? How, where do you look to? What keeps you uh, looking forward and kind of battling away from uh, depression? How do you handle it? Well, what, what I think that's important. Really, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. Sometimes that, sometimes that laugh, uh, it may cover a lot of pain, right? But uh, what I would tell any member is don't go through these 
years old. Make sure you're reaching out to your, your fellow neighbor. Uh, we have a rural resiliency program on our Farm Bureau website. We have resources. Uh, if you're feeling stressed, if you're having difficulty, please do not go this alone. I always end every one of my leader letters with forward together. Get together with someone, you know, be safe, but uh, share those experiences uh, and reach out. Um, you can't go through this alone. And I think that's where I really get, get some of my strength is, is from the contact with members um, and that we, the way we support each other. So, yep, sometimes my smile might not be 100%, but I'll tell you what, I get a lot of support from a lot of people, and, and we're out there, so don't go through this alone. Very good point. Joe Bragger along with us, president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, starting off with uh, a congratulations of more than $40,000 now raised for the Wisconsin Food and Farm Support Fund, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance and Wisconsin Farm Bureau and all you generous folks. And then a few more details on the way on the distribution of the $50 million in state-directed federal aid for our, all of our Wisconsin farms. Find out more, WFBF.com or my website, MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Pam Yonke. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam at FabulousFarmBabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. You know, in these times, we're looking at our budget. We're looking at ways to make money and ways to save money. And our friends over at Banana Buybacks, they are open. They are ready. And they want you to get the most for your unwanted iPhones, Samsungs, and iPads, and Macs at Banana Buybacks. Now, I've been talking about them forever. I'm so glad that they're ready to party. Here's the deal. The Park Street location is open. They are ready to go. Where you can actually turn your tech into cash at Banana Buybacks. I want to remind you, my friends, you can also... Get stuff there. Buy your phones there. Think about it. I, I personally, my wife and I, Alicia, she's expensive. But you know where she's not? When it comes to cellular phones. Because we get our stuff from Austin and the crew at Banana Buybacks. Sell your phones at that Park Street location, but also buy phones there. Okay? Maybe you want to uh, go over there. You want to check them out online. Bananabuybacks.com. Personally, they're going to do it right. They're taking care of you. They're making sure everything is comfortable and you feel comfortable. So get an instant quote for your tech right now at Banana Buybacks Park Street location. Kerthump. That jolting experience when you hit a pothole. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Protect your tires from uneven wear with a front-end alignment from Tom's Auto Center. It's also a free service when you purchase a new set of tires. And you'll be driving straight the way you should be. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, 520. Thank you so much for your rainfall reports. La Crescent, Minnesota, three inches in uh, the past 24 hours time or so. Then you got just the opposite. Staying up by Flintville, Flintville, only about three-tenths of an inch of rain. Stu Mockag, meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. That's just it. It seems like some really got pounded. Others did not. I'm getting reports also out of northeast Iowa, where I think they've got at least five inches of rain in some areas. What are your yep. official numbers looking like, buddy? Well, here's what I've got. Lacrosse at an inch and 91 hundredths, an inch and 86 hundredths at Eau Claire. And then it starts to taper off. 63 hundredths at the airport in Madison, 37 hundredths, both at the airport and my place over here near Fond du Lac. My friend Paul over at Banner, an inch and 13 hundredths, a little higher over there in the Holy Land. But precipitation hasn't been quite as much in the east. I guess we knew that was coming. Appleton, I see it's 77 hundredths of an inch right now coming in. So there's been plenty of rainfall around. Low pressure is going to move northeast right through eastern Wisconsin. It's pulled a cool front through. There's some rain off in the far northwest, up over Lake Superior in the UP, still in northern Minnesota. We can see a little rain build in today. Maybe the bigger thing to look for is the fact, especially in western Wisconsin, temperatures will begin to cool off more quickly today. In fact, they start to drop as we head toward midday or just into the afternoon, and the rest of us cool off, then stay cooler and drier as we wrap up the week, heading right into the weekend, too, with a cooler-than-normal temperature pattern. Keep it in mind, we should be in the upper 70s for normal highs now, and we're going to talk low 70s or even upper 60s to start the weekend. I'll have the forecast after this. Compere Financial has always been there for our clients and communities in any situation. And our support continues today. Whether it's providing financial services to our local farmers or responding to the funding needs of our community partners, we're here to help. To learn more, give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compeer.com today. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, Stu, it sounds like we're not out of the woods yet as far as moisture. Some could come up today. Absolutely. Partly sunny, breezy today, and there's a slight chance of rain yet before noon. More likely showers or even a thunderstorm built in this afternoon. Now I'd look for temperatures to make their way up into the low 70s, 74, 75. Lacrosse, Moss, and even Madison starting to drop already as we head to the afternoon. Southwest winds 5 to 15. They'll gust around 25, even become west later in the day. Mostly cloudy, some rain ends tonight. Another trace amount in your quarter inch or so. That's about all I'd really expect skies start to clear out later tonight we drop to 54 west wind strong though 10 to 20 gusting to 25 mostly sunny cooler tomorrow 72 west winds 5 to 15 and gusty and mostly sunny friday about 74 so a little windy yet today into tomorrow pam and you know maybe a couple of tenths of an inch to a quarter enough to keep it wet for at least a little while yeah i guess so all right Stu. thanks around the area this morning uh in uh, lacrosse you've got some partly cloudy skies 66 degrees Boston clear in 66 
Fond Lac, you've got clouds. You're at 70 degrees. In Beaver Dam, cloudy and 68. Madison at the airport, cloudy and 66 degrees. So the word from the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture and the Environmental Protection Agency, if you've got dicamba herbicide on the farm, you can use it. If you're waiting for a shipment, you're not going to get it. There is only a limited window of uh, opportunity for Wisconsin farmers to use dicamba herbicide. Must use it before July 31st. This is a new ruling from the Environmental Protection Agency. If you've got questions on what's going on with regard to dicamba herbicide in Wisconsin, talk to your supplier or follow us, MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The battle to generate more revenue could be as simple as a free IT assessment from Compel Consulting. You'll receive a customized report detailing opportunities to reduce risk, lower costs, increase productivity, and revenues. Compel Consulting simply wants to help you make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelledNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. I don't want to brag. That means you're totally about to brag. Everything in my home matches. Matches perfectly. It's all pulled together. That's because I have my own personal interior designer. You have your own interior designer because you shop at Lazy Boy. My Lazy Boy designer can pull strings and get me custom fabrics that match, handles and feet that coordinate my personal style, and color combinations that nobody else has. Everybody can have it. You just have to start at Lazy Boy. My personal designer knows how to bring it all together without it looking all, all, um, what's the word? It's not all matchy-matchy. You get the idea. Of course, this kind of customization isn't available to just anyone. It's available to everyone. Unless you have a personal designer. From Lazy Boy. It all comes together with Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. When you cool your home with an Infinity system from Carrier, you can rest easy knowing that you're providing the right choice in comfort and energy efficiency for your family. With a parts-limited warranty of up to 10 years and SEER ratings of up to 21, Carrier systems offer reliable solutions to your family's home cooling needs. For greater comfort and peace of mind, turn to the experts at Carrier. Call Griber Heating and Sheet Metal in Wanakee. Griber is your Carrier factory authorized dealer and President's Award winner for excellent customer service. Saying a big black bear bought a big beef burger ten times fast could build an appetite. When it does, step into the Black Bear Inn in Cottage Grove for the Saturday Prime Rib Special, 5 to 10 p.m. Family, fun, and prime rib at the Black Bear Inn in Cottage Grove. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Through our partnership with the Federal Home Loan Bank of Chicago, Settlers Bank has been able to make grants to our nonprofit community. We are proud to support the heroic efforts of these compassionate people. We are committed to providing them solutions and support. As a bank built on relationships, bringing these dollars back home just makes sense. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A Skincare Minute with Skincare Expert, Michelle Neeson. 
Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle-building technology called M-Sculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. M-Sculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Jewelry is always the perfect gift for that special someone. You want to go to Goodman's Jewelers, where they have the experience and patience to work with you to find that perfect diamond. Pendant necklace, diamond earrings, engagement ring. It'll be a one of a kind and all yours at Goodman's Jewelers, a couple blocks from the Capitol on State Street. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within, over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Finally, on the UW campus, we have some players trickling back in for the football team. That's a good sign, isn't it? A good sign that at least they're moving towards potentially, potentially being able to play football this fall and yeah, no, it's great. Uh, Going to get the football players back, or they are starting to trickle back this week, go through testing, and start strength and conditioning workouts next week. Um, and volley- volleyball, volleyball player, too, is as, as well, volleyball, right? Yeah, I was getting to that. Oh, my volleyball, bad. volleyball players, obviously, as well. And then they're bringing back the men's and women's basketball teams later this month, hockey teams as well. And if everything goes well, then, you know, maybe they'll have uh, some other athletes back, too. But, yeah, I mean, this is uh, you don't want to get one shot at this if you're Wisconsin in terms of bringing people back and doing it right and you know mm. here they are you only get one shot man we got b rabbit now as the athletic director hell yeah from eight mile i'm looking at this in the article you wrote at madcitysports.com uh wisconsin is among a large number of schools bringing athletes back many are already reporting positive tests uh for the virus so uw is prepared for that possibility outlining the steps it will take in detail my god there are a lot of steps yeah but again that's i, mean, I think it's all pretty much standard though too you know what i mean like i, I I feel like a lot of the plans, a lot of the steps that they're taking are the same steps that are being taken across the country where positive tests are happening. And, you know, you isolate them, even if they're asymptomatic, and uh, and go from there. But, again, the, this this whole thing is, uh, you know, a, a giant step from where they were, where we were three months ago in terms of, you know, one positive test shut down everything. Yeah. You know, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert testing positive shut down everything. Now – we're seeing positive tests, and it's not shutting things down. It's, you know, we're going to do this and do that and do this. So that's a, to me, that's obviously a significant step and something, and the only way that any of this is possible, and the same thing for the NBA and the NFL too. 
Yeah, definitely. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. And, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about college football. Do you think there's going to be – well, when it comes to fans in the stands, have you – I don't know if you've heard anything, but do you have a gut feeling on anything? Anything, you know, with them coming back now and them having the test? And what Man, uh, what are you feeling? I think it depends where you're at, right? I mean, we've seen Texas already say you can have 50% capacity at stadiums. Yeah. So um, that's that. Purdue has said that it's probably going to cap its capacity at 25%. I've seen jokes made that that's just normal <laughs> attendance, um, which is a possibility. But, you know, so some of these big ten, I mean, Ohio State's talked about it too. Wisconsin has not talked about it yet. And um, they have already, I mean, they've already announced that they're not announced, but made tickets, ticket holders aware that they're pushing back the date as to when they're going to decide on single game tickets, like whether they're going to honor certain single game tickets, including the game up at Lambeau Field. So at least there's, there's still uncertainty on their end, um, you know, and before going in, diving into this uh, single game um, ticket stuff. So yeah. they, they, they were hoping to know in the next few weeks. Um, we'll see. Uh, Zach, we saw. I saw this this morning. I didn't even need my cup of coffee because it fired me up so much. It was uh, CBSSports.com Big Ten Coach Rankings for 2020, and I saw this. I about fell out of my chair. Number one is James Franklin's from Penn State. Number two is Ryan Day of Ohio State. Three is Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. Four is Kirk Ferentz from Iowa. Five is P.J. Fleck, Minnesota, and then Paul Chris comes in as sixth. You okay? I'm disgusted. <laughs> like PJ Fleck, um, what? Has turned around a morbid program into a perennial Big Ten West contender. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. PJ Fleck did say that they had a share of the Big Ten West after the season that was. But then, after watching the Big Ten championship game, I saw Paul Chris and the Wisconsin Badgers on the sidelines. I'm pretty yeah. sure PJ Fleck was on his couch watching from home. Yeah, no. Uh, Big Ten West co champs, uh, hang a banner. That's. Uh, it's the Minnesota way, no. Look, those things are so subjective and so stupid, and they're designed to do exactly what we're talking about right now. Um, but I, don't, I personally, I would have Ryan Day at number one. I mean, what he did coming in, they built off the recruiting and everything like that. James Franklin, okay. Jim Harbaugh, I, I, I don't understand, don't, wouldn't understand that. Kurt Ferentz certainly wouldn't put him ahead of Paul Christ. And, and P.J. Fleck doesn't deserve to be ahead of Paul Christ. This, I mean, this year, next year, unless they go and win a, a national championship or a Big Ten title, I guess, what, what will he have been able to do that Paul Chris hasn't? You know what I mean? So Paul Chris is a, is a lot more accomplished than P.J. Fleck is, and the fact that anybody would suggest that he's a worse coach than P.J. Fleck is pathetic. Well, Zach, I did uh, do a little research on the guy that wrote the article. His name's Tom Fornelli, and he is from Chicago. I think that explains a lot right there. He lives in Chicago, and also in his bio, he says even his dog hates him. So if that's the case, you know this guy's kind of a loser, yeah? You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, COVID-19 has really adjusted our marketing opportunities, not just domestically, but internationally. What's happening with your beef checkoff dollars when it comes to that message getting around the world? Talking about it with Joe Sheely from the U.S. Meat Export Federation before 6 o'clock in this morning's edition of Checkoff Chats. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. Today, the 10th day of June. Don't forget, if you're looking for a Wisconsin Needs Farmer's Yard sign, today Josh and myself will be down in Janesville at the Blaine's Farm and Fleet location from 1230 until 230 
little bit of an adjustment on ours. 12.30 until 2.30 today at the Blaine's Farm and Fleet location in Janesville. If that's close to you and you haven't gotten your sign yet, come on by. If you want to sign and you haven't signed up, come on by. On this day back in 1935, Alcoholics Anonymous was founded by Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob Smith, kind of a mutual aid fellowship to battle alcoholism that still is in existence today. And on this day back in 1995, actress-singer Holly Robinson got married to NFL Philadelphia Eagle quarterback Rodney Pete in Los Angeles, and I'm happy to report they're still married today. And now you know. Well, you know, COVID-19 has adjusted a lot of our focus on priorities. Uh, What's important to us? From you, it might be trying to get a job back or making sure that you've got food on the table. Trying to find that food can be a little bit more of a challenge these days. Well, at the state capitol, they're trying to stay focused on programs that have already been funded, been passed, and could be an influencer in this COVID-19 situation. One of those, the Dairy Innovation Hub. Joining us this morning, Wisconsin Senator Howard Markline, who is also the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee. Howard, can you give us an update on what's happening with the Dairy Innovation Hub? Well, I had a meeting last week with the uh, the, the deans of the colleges of agriculture in uh, at UW-Madison, UW-Platteville, and UW-River Falls. Those are the three campuses that are going to um, house the uh, Dairy Innovation Hub. And so I, I had a meeting last week with uh, uh, Kate uh, Vandenbosch from Madison, Wayne Weber from Platteville, and Dale Gallenberg from UW-River Falls. And it was, you know, they, they, the purpose of the meeting was to bring me up to date kind of on, on what's going on. And, uh, and they've made significant progress. I mean, they're, they're off and, and running here. And uh, they've got uh, hires. They've you know, hired some, some staff uh, um, to to do uh, some of the research and again some of the the, the drive this this uh, dairy innovation hub was the number one ask the number one priority of the dairy task force you know 2.0 and so um, we got that in the budget last year the first uh, year of funding was a million bucks just to kind of kind of seed money to get them up and running and then uh, and be fully uh, operational in the in the next year. Uh, with another seven point eight million dollars, so um, but they've got a, a lot of a lot of great stuff going on, and um, I, I was I liked what I heard uh, from the from the three deans uh, when I met with them last week. Did they anticipate any problems, issues, concerns because of you know suddenly not having students on campus for the the final semester? Uh, question mark on what things are going to look like this fall. Do we expect that to have any kind of impact on all the progress or all the hopes for the Dairy Innovation Hub? You know, I don't think they really had cons- that, the concerns from that standpoint um, because a lot of their, their research will be done by you know, professors, uh, although I, I will say uh, UW-Platteville is going to engage uh, some of their students uh, in some of the, the research that's going to uh, going to be doing, which is uh, that's pretty cool when you get some students uh, involved in the process. So, but uh, the biggest, probably their biggest concern was funding. Did they give you any indication, Howard? You know, to your point, now is an economic environment where Dairy Innovation Hub and the members that are involved with it, if they could say to the dairy industry, "Hey, we've got this project that we're looking at that could immediately turn." excess milk into 
this byproduct or this marketable product. You know, that's really what uh, Dairy Task Force 2.0 was hoping for. New innovations, new direction for dairy products, new ways that Wisconsin dairy could be developed. Did they give you any sense that they might really be onto something that could help us turn the tide of this COVID-19 situation? Now, mm-hmm. granted, that's asking a lot, but, you know, did they seem to feel that their mission was in play? Um, th- there was one of the projects here was a uh, a, a, a analysis of, of dairy supply chains, and that was at uh, UW-Madison, and uh, which, you know, that could be, I believe, could be a uh, very short-term high impact uh, because obviously we've seen over the last few months the uh, disruptions not only in dairy but in a lot of the our agricultural commodities, you know, what's happened. Uh, you know, our, our supply chains are so efficient almost to a fault, and uh, it doesn't take much to disrupt those supply chains. So, you know, one of the projects they have here is uh, is to do, a, you know, network analysis of these dairy uh, supply chains. So given what we just went through in the last couple of months in the dairy industry, I think that could be uh, could be a uh, have a very immediate, immediate and uh, meaningful impact on our, our farmers. All right. Thank you very much. That's Wisconsin Senator Howard Markline, also the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, with a little bit of an update on the Dairy Innovation Hub still in play, and maybe more important than ever, in light of COVID-19. Markets yesterday in Chicago saw barrel cheese go up six and a half cents at two forty two and a half. Forty pound block cheese down four and a half at two fifty four. Double A butter that finished a quarter of a cent lower also, one ninety two and a quarter per pound. Now fluid milk for July right now is up eighteen cents, nineteen seventy eight a hundredweight. August milk's unchanged at seventeen ninety two a hundredweight. December corn is unchanged at three forty three. November soybeans are up two at eight seventy eight. July wheat's up three cents right now at at 507 and three quarters. Don't go anywhere. The Wisconsin Beef Council stops by the studio in just a moment. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Right now, it feels like the world is standing still. But if you look to the land, it's a whole different story. From farms to backyards, seeds are being planted, animals are being fed, grass is growing, and families are giving their all to the soil because the land never stops. So to all those linked to the land, Sloan Implement and John Deere say thank you. We're here for you because we all run together. Visit Sloan's.com. We're John Deere people, too. Power up with Sloan's. Benjamin Plumbing continues to be your friend in the plumbing business with the utmost respect for the safety of your family, like a fresh, clean pair of gloves at each service location. Touch surfaces wiped down with disinfectant after each job, using hand sanitizer before and after entering your home, and washing hands at every opportunity, maintaining social distancing by entering through the garage or basement. Better yet, The majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Contact your sanitized and germ-free friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. 
Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. It's time again for Checkoff Chats, brought to you courtesy of the Wisconsin Beef Council, as well as our friends at the Equity Cooperative Livestock Sales Association. It's all about how your beef checkoff dollars are being channeled in the marketplace through research, through promotion, and, of course, on an ever-changing world marketplace. You can find out more by going online to beeftips.com. Wisconsin Beef Council on Facebook and social media, and of course, uh, equitycoop.com. So today joining us from the U.S. Meat Export Federation is Joe Sheely. He is a fellow that is well-versed in trying to pay attention to all the moving parts when it comes to COVID-19 and impact on the meat industry as a whole. Of course, that includes uh, our Wisconsin beef producers. Joe, let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, now it's better than 60 days ago when COVID-19 really became a part of everybody lexicon whether you're in agriculture or not it has been front and center so within the u.s meat export federation you want to tell me about the projects that were underway and how quickly things had to kind of pivot as the world market that we work in started changing well we've actually been uh, dealing with covid 19 really since about late january was when it started to first impact some of our asian markets and so we very quickly uh, started to make some changes it was clear that a lot of the face to face promotion a lot of the uh, a lot of the direct to the consumer promotion that we do in a lot of those markets really wasn't going to be appropriate as we as we looked at stay at home orders shelter at home orders that kind of thing and just a general uh, reluctance of consumers in those markets to spend time at, say, a a supermarket tasting or some type of of promotion like that. And so we've really worked worked with our customers. Uh, Our international customers have shown great creativity, great versatility in how they have have kept our product in front of the consumer, uh, kept demand going really strong, particularly at the retail level, but even also at food service, uh, even given these, these these difficult uh, changing relationships with consumers because consumers still want the product. In fact, they want high-quality meat more than ever because they're cooking at home more than they have been. They've got uh, a lot of places had schools closed for for several weeks. They're doing more meals at home. They want that high-quality beef, uh, but you weren't going to be able to market to them the same way. So we've undergone a lot of changes, and as I said, uh, we've been very impressed with how resilient the demand has been, especially in the Asian markets, but really all all over the world, there's there's still strong demand for U.S. beef, but we've had to make some changes in the way we, we market to the consumer. And I'm curious about just getting that product from one place to the other. One thing we learned during COVID-19 is the supply chain can suddenly uh, get compromised very quickly when employees can't be on the line. Did you notice some of that, Joe, when it just came to keeping that constant on behalf of the customers around the world that were looking for U.S. beef? We did see we did deal with that to some degree early on uh, getting into the China Hong Kong region uh, their 
their ports, their customs, their customs agencies, and just the the people that would remove product from the ports and get it into commercial channels. They were short-staffed, so we saw some backlogs there. We've had some slowdowns in the Philippines and in Central America and places like that where you you have a few bottlenecks. But overall, we've really, uh, I think the worst of the logistical issues are behind us as far as getting product into the international markets. Now, the supply issues, uh, they definitely impacted our April export results. We expect to see that impact continue into May. Uh, we don't have we don't have a lot of control over that. We focus more on the demand side. Uh, but when you lose days of slaughter and when you lose shifts and we have to slow some things down for protection of plant workers, uh, you're definitely gonna that's definitely gonna have some impact on exports because you just you're just not producing at the volume that that you were. Where we were at record large production for for several months in a row, and we've seen a slowdown there. But uh, but again, I think hopefully the the worst of that is behind us, and we'll see we're we're seeing normal production levels return, or or at least near normal. And that's been a big relief to our international customers. When the first of those temporary plant closures started, there was a lot of concerns in Japan and Korea and Taiwan, some of these high volume markets that take. Uh, fresh chilled beef, a product that's never frozen. Uh, it's got a limited short life. They can't really stock up the way that, the way that customers that deal in frozen product do. So they were pretty concerned about keeping that consistent supply chain moving. Uh, seeing those slaughter numbers uh, go up, go steadily up the last uh, couple of weeks has been a big relief to them and, and uh, has helped to uh, secure that, that good customer loyalty that we've spent a long time cultivating in, in our Asian markets. Absolutely. Joe Seely along with us. With the U.S. Meat Export Federation, a major partner with our Wisconsin beef producers, and of course, dairy guys, remember, that's you too. And uh, part of the reason why we want to pay attention to the conversations the U.S. Meat Export Federation is having is because our Wisconsin beef producers have forged a really good partnership with uh, U.S. Meat Export Federation in Central America. Now, Joe, that was one of the areas you mentioned has been obviously impacted. That market's changed a little bit with COVID-19. Wisconsin's invested checkoff dollars there. And you said that you are well aware of some changes, some adjustments that U.S. Meat Export Federation has made to keep that business going in this new COVID marketplace. Tell me about that. Well, some of our Latin American markets have been, uh, there's been a bit of an indirect impact on them uh, and with the COVID-19 situation is it's really hit their currency hard. And so in Mexico and some of our other Latin American markets, we're always challenged to meet those price points in those markets, and especially now with, with some of the currencies slumping a little bit. But we do, we have seen uh, really strong growth in demand over, over the past several years in places like Central and South America, the Dominican Republic, some of the Caribbean markets, and of course, those are big tourist destinations, and so they're they're having a tough time right now. But we feel like that business will definitely come back, and one of the reasons it'll come back is because of the great investments that that we've had from uh, organizations like the Wisconsin Beef Council, who are an early supporter of our Latin American Product Showcase. That's a an event that we do every year. That's an example of where Wisconsin beef producers have invested their checkoff dollars over the year, and we've seen tremendous growth in markets like Panama, Chile, the Dominican Republic. Those are all excellent markets for us. Guatemala is a strong market for us. 
and we've been moving into uh, uh, some of the some of the emerging markets would include El Salvador and Ecuador. Uh, those markets are pretty small individually, but they add up to uh, a lot of good a lot of good business throughout the region. And we, as we found out that when we run into when we run into uh, uh, trade issues or trade barriers barriers in some of our mainstay markets, it's always good to have a wide range of developing markets. And so uh, we're, we're always working everywhere across the world to, to uh, develop new markets wherever we can. And Latin America is a good example of that. Joe, tell me, why is Latin America, Central America, why do they seem uh, particularly ripe for our Wisconsin beef checkoff dollars, is it the cut that they like? Is it the type of beef they like? I know that we've done reverse trade missions with some of the buyers from Central America, bringing them to Wisconsin to meet our beef producers, meet our beef processors, etc. What is it about that particular niche that seems to fit uh, our Wisconsin growers so well? Well, I think with a lot of our a lot of our fed cattle being slaughtered at a relatively young age, they like that quality. They like that grain fed, the grain fed quality they can get, and they can get. Um, you know, we do we do ship some middle meats to that region, but they get a lot of end cuts, a lot of shoulder clods, gooseneck gooseneck rounds, those types of products that wouldn't necessarily attract great demand in the domestic market. They're able to access those cuts, and so they uh, that that appeals to them. We've also been marketing a lot of variety meat there, livers, hearts, tongues, lips, things like that, uh, which have really almost no uh, no interest from the U.S. consumer. And we're able to, we've been able to diversify the destinations for those. At one time, we were sending a very high percentage of our beef livers to either Russia or Egypt. Well, then the Russian market closed. It hasn't been open for since about 2013, and we needed. To, we were heavily reliant on Egypt, but we we've uh, expanded those destinations. Now we're moving a lot of beef livers into Latin America and even into Africa. And uh, and as we get access for over 30 months of age cattle, that is particularly of interest to the dairy producers because anytime you've got access for cattle of all ages, and you can ship some of that uh, some of that meat from spent dairy cows, uh, you can send some of that overseas. That will add value to that carcass as well. So those markets are always good good uh, destinations for those cuts, whether they be for uh, for direct consumption or perhaps raw material for further processing. There's a lot of well-developed processing industries in those countries that will that will buy that, that buy that beef and use it for raw material for sausages and other processed meats. So these are the stories that beef producers, our dairy industry even for that matter, would not otherwise hear about unless it was for the partnership that our Wisconsin Beef Council and your checkoff dollars has forged with the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Joe Sheely along with us representing the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Like we said, these are not partnerships that have just been formed overnight. Fortunately, these are partnerships that were invested in well before COVID-19 and the way the world has been rocked. If you want to find out how your Wisconsin Beef Checkoff dollars are being invested right here at home, beeftips.com or Wisconsin Beef Council on social media. And our thanks